tag team it. Yeah, I'll do this. So what's up, guys? Will, welcome here to Res Roots. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast, so I'm actually kind of nervous. I feel like I was behind scenes. But anyways, today is a day of uh, just to have a devotional time. And here I have with me Emmanuel. Hi. And Johanna. Hola, 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 hola. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so let's... Going into Devo and Hana will actually be leading the discussion time. So uh, yeah, what's up, Hana? Hola, hi, hi, everyone. I'm so nervous, but I'm excited at the same time, just because this is something that this is something that I really care deeply about, especially since yeah, since I've had my own experiences with it and I've and I know a lot of people who struggle with this so yeah um so let's go back in time into 2017 um I was a sophomore in high school I, I was 15 years old I was attending Page High School um I had like three friends which isn't bad, um, but I struggled a lot. Um, a lot of people didn't know it, and I didn't know it, but I had a lot of struggle with anxiety. I knew at the time that I was, I was stressed, but everyone was like, oh, you're just stressed, you're just stressed, you need to figure things out. Go calm down, go work out, go write in your journal. So I would, but nothing seemed to be really helping because it got to the point where I wouldn't eat because if I eat, if I ate food, I got sick. If I went to class, even if it was just a music class, because I took four music classes in high school, I would leave in the middle of the class because I couldn't breathe it. I was just hyperventilating and I just sat in our practice rooms trying to catch my breath. And I remember it started happening every day and I got so familiar with the practice room that I can still vividly remember what the room was like. I could remember what the carpet felt like. I remember how it smelt. And I remember the temperature that was constantly in there, but nothing seemed to be helping. And at this time, I claimed to be a believer because I gave my life to God at a young age, but I didn't really have the solid identity, a solid identity in the Lord at the time. And there wasn't really anyone to mentor me in that so a lot of times I felt alone and that just came out through anxiety and just overall fear of people and fear of being isolated because of because of literally anything and I didn't like it I didn't like to be left alone but um I started going to therapists and those weren't helping but when I was at the lowest point in my life in 2020 the Lord 
basically shoved me to come to IBC. Mm. <laughs> and I'm not saying like IBC is like your fix-all solution for everything mental health, but it was one of the huge impacts that it had in my life to becoming where I am today. Um, so today we'll be sharing, I'll be sharing a little bit of what the Bible says about anxiety and how to handle anxiety in a biblical way, because not a lot of churches, at least from my past, really talk about it and really tend to demonize mental health. And and I'm not okay with that. Mental health is a real thing. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, know. I just thought of it. I was like, I should have worn that sweater today. <laughs> but, I have a hoodie that says mental health matters. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I really care about mental health. I care about my own mental health. I care about others' mental health. And this passage has been a really big support to mm. it. So those who are listening, and Will and Manuel, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 26, verse 36, and we'll read up to 44. Um, if you want, one of you guys can read. Matthew 26, 26? 36. 36. Um, I can read uh, the whole thing if you like. Yeah. Okay. Matthew 26, 36 says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. Yes, thank you. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of, excuse me, Zebedee. Sorry, I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a little sick right now. <clears throat> um, to of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful, sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, "My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me." Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, "My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will." Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so the... The context of this passage is the author is Levi, or Matthew. Um, he used to be a formal tax collector, and but he gave his life to God and Jesus. Then he renewed himself. No, wait, hold on. No, that's wrong. He was renewed and became a disciple of Jesus. Um... He wrote this book to the Jew, Jewish people at the time, and this book is kind of support, his support and his um, explanation as to why Jesus is the Messiah, showing in chapter 1 that one 
chunk where we all skip. Let's be honest, we all skip it. <laughs> it's just nothing but names. And you can't even pronounce m- most of them. Yeah. So you're just like, uh, da, 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 Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So that's weird. we all do that. So that's why that's important. Hmm. That's why it's important to know that that is there. So Matthew made it a point to tell the Jewish Christians, like, yeah, this is Jesus. He is descendant from here to here. That's why he is our Messiah. Um, <laughs> during the time of this book, there is a time called Pax Romana, which is basically the peace of Rome. Um, but it was more like Rome having a stronghold in society at the time. So there was no room for error from other people or no room for rebellion of other people. There were small battles, but... Rome, such a big, big force that they're just like, eh, squish, stop. <laughs> okay. Um, so when we were reading, when Emmanuel was reading the passages, what were some things that you noticed? Some, <clears throat> like any repeated phrases or words? Hmm. Definitely, uh, my father, if it is pot, if it is. If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me um, the first time. And then the second time saying, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it. Um, But he always ends with, may your will be done. And the other one saying, but as you will. I I love the fact that he prays it twice. Mm -hmm. Almost similar, kind of different. And it's just basically... It kind of really shows how Jesus was really like a human like us. Mm. He had the same emotions as us. He had the same feelings as us. And I can't imagine how much, like, knowing you're going to die on the cross the very next few days or a few hours, how you would feel in that moment. And it makes it totally understandable why Jesus would be acting like this. And... It's quite amazing to know how willing he was to do that for us. And that's how much he loved us. And I really love that. Because honestly, for myself, I would fall into the area where he says, you know, watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing because I love the idea. Like, all right, guys, like I want to be a man of God. I really want to be out there. But then it says the flesh is weak, and it sucks to say that that is very true for myself. And I'm I'm pretty sure it's the same for many other ones, including mm-hmm. ourselves here at the podcast. Yeah. One thing that Emmanuel said is, like, during this time, like, like he said, Jesus faced a lot of fear and anxiousness because, like, literally right after that, he gets caught, or Judas takes the chief priests over to jesus and gets him arrested right yeah so knowing that it's kind of scary right like when you walk out of this room someone's gonna arrest you Mm. knowing that someone's gonna arrest you but um when he was like knowing all of that jesus still prayed and went when in verse um Verse 30, I'm um, sorry. In verse 41, Jesus could possibly 
be admitting to sleepiness along with the disciples. And that to me is kind of like, oh, scary. Like Jesus was sleepy, he was tired, and he was afraid altogether. And we all experience that sleepiness, tiredness, and fear. But Jesus was like, nah, I'm going to pray this out. I'm going to not pray, not pray not only once, but three times, just begging and crying like he was on his face. He was on the ground. We've all had those moments where we're curled up on the ground, not knowing what to do, barely can breathe. Mm. But we're still like shouting and trying to be like, help, I need help. Hmm. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was on the ground. He was on his face saying, like, Lord, I don't want to do this. Hmm. I don't, if if there's a way, please stop this. But he didn't. And hmm. maybe in verse 41, he could have been talking to himself as well. Could have been saying, my spirit wants to do this. My spirit is all for doing this but my flesh does not want to Mm. i don't want to Mm. yeah um if i can share just a little story um i work with the mountain view youth group over at mountain view church right now and i remember one night um just with like just like Jesus here, you know, you just get filled with anxiety and fear, you know? And yeah, I just remember um, the very next morning, uh, you know, if I'm being real with everyone here, like that night I failed. And then very next, that very night and the very next day, I just felt so like far away. I was just like so scared because I felt like I fell away from God. And I remember um just it was scary i really wanted to i felt like jesus in this moment where he just fell on his face and was just like you know you're just wondering where god is just like what you said <clears throat> i'm actually getting emotional thinking about it <laughs> um but i remember i finally called my youth pastor and told him i was like i'm i feel so i feel so lost right now and like thankfully he was willing to talk to talk through me um talk talk through it with me and i was able to get back on my feet and i've i really feel like um everything like even this story right here is just definitely a sign of like what god what we need to do in that moment is basically going to another brother or sister um and get some help and honestly only way to get through is just being you know, not true to yourself, but also honest with others that you can trust because that's the only way to get through things. And I feel like if Jesus were to just face this alone, not even bring his disciples along, I mean, of course they fell asleep on him, (laughs) but you know, the fact that he didn't go alone in this moment, that's just another sign of what we need to do as well. Mm. And I just can't help but feel that connection right now with God right now, just saying, thank you, Lord, for having people in my life that I can run to, especially Will here. Um, we may live just literally down the, I mean, across the hallway. Across the hall. <laughs> but Will's always there for me when I need to talk to him. 
And I'm sure you have someone like that too here at IBC too, Hannah. Mm, yeah. We, yeah. Is it cool if I share something too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, not to, I hope this doesn't throw it off. Or, yeah. But uh, I want to ask you something. What do you guys think when Jesus says, take this cup from me? I think he means like earlier when he does the uh, communion, the first communion, he says that the cup and the wine represents his blood and his blood had to be shed as we know in Genesis. Mm. So it's like to the, uh, the chance of his death to be taken away from him. Mm. So, cause like, it, even the Passion of the Christ, like I've never watched it. I don't want to watch it, and I know it's good. It's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but my reason for not wanting to watch it because it's so gory, mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't do human gore. I can't. Um, but I know that has been like a very dulled down version of what actually happens when someone's crucified. Mm-hmm. In in history, like it's always been like people beaten and torn to shreds like ground beef mm. until um, until just the point of death where they're still alive, but they're barely alive. And I could not imagine. I can barely imagine getting like my finger cut, mm. like a like a paper cut. Mm. So I could not imagine <laughs> getting a thorn of crowns on my head and nails in my hands. Like, uh. mm. Yeah, I think what was cool, and Emmanuel said it earlier, you know, in verse 39, he says, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not, I, not as I will, but as you will. And then you go down to verse... Let's see, I lost it. Verse 42, where he says, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken from me, taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. So what I like about this, it really, you know, we know that Jesus is 100% man, 100% God. And that's a whole nother can of worms to dissect there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to keep it short is that what I like about this is that you should see that Jesus himself came down to us to have the same feelings, emotions that we had. And what you see here in these two verses is that you actually see you see him really thinking about this. Like, is there another way for for Emmanuel, Hannah, and myself to be saved. Mm. That's what he was thinking of. Mm. Not just like not just us, but like you know, like mm. all the people in the world. Mm. Is there another way for for them to you God to save mankind? Ah, uh, okay. And because that's what he, you know, obviously the feeling. I, I can't imagine the feeling of yeah. you're about to be crucified. You know, it's like it's scary, and that's why Jesus was like. I, the reason why I was like the same was because I'm like just really observing, and like I'm just picturing Jesus like heart pounding, mm. walking back and forth, kind of just like just on the urge of like you know he's probably shaking, he's sweat, sweating blood. Yes, and just, yeah, it's, it's crazy like to even know that Jesus 
you know, I was dealing with the, the fear and anxiety of what was about to take place. And it was really, it's crazy because I think in those moments when you like overthink or second guess, mm. Jesus himself was like, let me go to God first. Mm. And that's where I was convicted too. I was uh. like, man, I was like, I didn't do that. <laughs> Just kept overthinking, overthinking. But mm. it shows you that Jesus and just like how you said earlier, too, of how much he loves us. You know, and you can even think about, too, if what if he chose not to? Mm. You know, I personally think he will still be God if Jesus said, no, I don't want to be crucified. Mm. There's multiple other ways uh, that God can do, but God sent his own son to mm. die on the cross for us mm. to build that bridge for us to have that relationship with them so it was it's just overall it just, it just blows my mind of thinking about the cup because mm-hmm. i never got it at first I'm like what does he mean by this cup yeah what's cool about that too is not only is it like like not only is it for our salvation like um but while he was being crucified he actually lost a connection with the father for a little bit. And that is what freaks me out the most because he's like, he's absolutely willing to lose a connection with himself Hmm. for like a split second. And, and just for our sake, like Hmm. I couldn't, I could not imagine living a second without the Lord. I mean, a lot of us don't know he's there when we're not walking with him. But he's always with us. He's always been with us since the beginning. But Jesus experienced a slight moment where he wasn't he wasn't with God. And that is truly terrifying. If you don't mind me asking, um, when was that split moment he wasn't in connected with connection with God um on the cross where he says father why have you forsaken me oh um well, because uh he you know Jesus became sin oh he took all of our sin for oh. us oh okay yeah so he became sin who knew no, who knew no sin you know? oh okay so he took that sin for us oh, and defeated so. death and then, yeah, so that's that's the reason why, you know, like in Old Testament days where they say find the, what was it, like the perfect lamb mm-hmm. or the cleanest lamb you could get. Yeah. And that was like the whole message of, you know, for them in the Old Testament days, uh, you got to do a sacrifice, the cleanest, you know, the perfect lamb, you know, mm-hmm. to say, and they got to sacrifice it. Mm-hmm. But then throughout that Old Testament time, God was saying that I will provide the lamb. Mm. Uh, he will be coming soon, and that's Jesus. Dang. He's the perfect lamb, so he that's the sacrifice he took for us. Yeah, That makes a lot of sense. Wow. I learned something new, guys. Mm-hmm. Come to IBC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or keep listening to this podcast for more tips. <laughs> so...
Yeah, very scary. Um, so back to Matthew, we can see that there's like a progression of his prayer. Um, like both of you guys mentioned earlier, he not only prays just once, but he prays three three times. Um, in the first time he prayed, he says, if this cannot pass, hold on, I'm reading from ESV. My father, if it is possible, let this cup, cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Um, if we kind of break that down, um, Jesus says, if it is possible. He he knows that it God doesn't have to do it, but he chooses to do it. And he knows that God um, doesn't really hold on how should I explain this um he knows that God can do anything and he knows that the Lord chose this path for him to do like Will said earlier but he said in his flesh not what I as I will but as you will but he kept it short then jump down to verse 42. My father, if this cannot pass, unless I drink it, your will be done. In that passage, he says, okay, my flesh aside, I know that there's no other solution, so I will do it. And your will be done. So then he prays again a third time, which we don't know, but he's here it says that he prayed the same words um in verse 44 it says he the third time saying the same words again so it's like with fear and anxiety we're always told by well-meaning people like oh just pray pray you need to pray more but when you're facing tremendous amount of fear and stress it's hard to hear that because it's like hold on excuse my language screw you Mm. why why (laughs) it feels like that though yeah it really does Mm. like you just want to tell the person like get out of my face i don't want to hear that i'm trying my best and it hurts but with this passage we know that praying is not just a one and done thing it's a continual process jesus prayed three times for him to be assured and probably still going into it hesitantly to follow through with what the lord has planned so it's like so knowing that we can continue we can have the strength to continue praying because prayer is hard. I don't know if you guys experience that, but it's one of the hardest things to do. Because it's like, especially if there's things in a situation where you think you can control, but the last thing on your mind is like, oh, I should pray about this. Like, hmm. Especially when you're like stressed the heck out, you're freaking out, you're hyperventilating on the floor. Hmm. Nothing seems to be going right. But 
like Will said, Jesus' first thought was like, oh, let me go hang out with my, my dad. Let me go talk to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so. Yeah, I was, was going to say, too, it's, you got to, like, just, like you said, like, picturing this whole situation going down. You have, you know, disciples, you know, eyes are heavy, they're, like, exhausted. They've been traveling for months and months and not knowing what the disciples are, if they're introverted or extroverted. Either way, they're exhausted from people. And and the whole time, you know, just thinking about it, too, is, you know, Jesus keeps telling his disciples that, you know, one day he's going to be gone, you know. And disciples like, what is this guy talking about, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy's kind of weird, you know. It's like those kind of things. And then you got to think about it too is that Jesus was tired. Mm-hmm. And when you're tired, you don't function really well, yeah. like mentally, emotionally, even spiritually. And like you got to – so that's why – it's like yeah, it's kind of a slap to my own face here. It's, yeah. like, it's like you gotta have your rest. You know, if yeah. you're not getting good enough sleep, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna catch up with you. But then like yeah, it's just Jesus was tired, and he wanted you know he knew that the community was great that his people were there, and if he got kind of got on him like why the heck you guys sleeping, man? It's like. You know, it's like he's freaking out because, yeah, there is there's like moments in my life, too, where to uh, to be really honest. So like, you guys don't know, but I do pay child support mm-hmm. uh, when I first got a, uh, a note, a note from the sheriff and that oh, was yeah. on my door. Yeah. I got scared, man. I was like, uh, the sheriff came by for William Maxwell and I was like, what the heck? I got all scared. Oh. I was like, called that number real quick and then they didn't get back to me till the next day and i remember going to manning i was just freaking out i was like what the heck is going on i was like what the, like what the heck is this all for you know i was like oh man so i was like stressing out and i was calling my family like what did you hear anything like what's going mm-hmm. on and yeah then turned out to be this uh to do child support Dang. and that was something that i've always wanted to do but I wish they would have came at me in a better way. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I, mean, like I was all freaking out. I was like, dude, that's scary, man. Oh, it's like, man. <laughs> it was like, I got scared. But mm. I think even in those moments, like, yeah, it's just, I didn't care about anything around me. That mm. was just what was on my mind. Mm. It was hard for me to even be mentally here. Mm. So I think that's where correlation to is with, uh, I need to memorize the verse, but Second Corinthians. Maybe Second Corinthians. I was gonna paraphrase it. Uh, Emmanuel put it on the screen, <laughs> but uh, to take thought, take your thoughts mm-hmm. captive and make it obedient to Christ, because mm-hmm. that's what uh, you know. Emmanuel and we went to get coffee earlier. Shout out, we could. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, I told Emmanuel to take thoughts captive before you allow your thoughts to put you in captive and 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 then you kind of see that we hear with jesus too him fighting his thoughts of like i don't want to do it and then the spirit's like yeah i want to do it but it's like it's a constant battle of 
it's overthinking and fear. So, mm. so sleep. Uh, you gotta get your sleep. You gotta get your rest. Yeah. And then also just really, it takes a lot of self discipline to manage and take your thoughts captive. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's that, if it's hard for you to put your thoughts into captive, that's where you come alongside your brother or your sister. Like you know, I'm really struggling with overthinking or mm-hmm. fear, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and but even those are kind of hard to do when you go mm-hmm. to someone. You know? Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of emotional weight behind it, but the best thing you can do is try to be be calm and be still, fit in. Go to the Lord, but also like if there's even people around you, you can go to them too. Cause tried to battle, do the battle moment by myself, and got yeah. my got my butt handed too. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's you know you got gotta have a good support around you, and if you don't, that's where it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably a lot of people out there that don't have that support, mm-hmm. which breaks my heart. But yeah, I right now I'm gonna share some statistics if you're not good with numbers i don't totally understand <laughs> but i love statistics so the anxiety and depression association of america says that general anxiety disorder affects 6.8 million adults or 3.1 percent of the u.s population yet only 43 percent of that 3.1% are receiving treatment. Mm. So like Will said, it kind of sucks. Um, some people don't know they have anxiety too. Like I didn't, I didn't know that me hyperventilating on the floor <laughs> every day <laughs> mm. was anxiety until I went to counseling. Mm. Um, I can laugh about it now. I. I'm not too hurt by it, but, uh, so yeah. Um, another point, anxiety disorders affect three point or 31.9% of adolescents between 13 and 18 years old. About 20% of Americans with anxiety or mood disorders, such as depression, have an alcohol or other substance use disorder and about 20% of those with an alcohol or substance abuse disorder also have an anxiety or mood disorder. Hmm. And that's kind of just showing a light on what it's like in America, at least. I don't know if we have any overseas listeners, but in America, not just Native America, and I'm sure these numbers are a lot higher in Native America, but... These kind of just show that anxiety is not something to shy away from. Like, it's not a hush-hush topic, even though a lot of the world treats it as such. Mm. It's not unique. It's not weird. It It's very common, unfortunately, with the rise of social media and technology that just increases anxiety and that sucks. Like, yeah, we rely on tech. We're, we're relying on technology to record this episode and share it with you guys. And, mm. but the increase of that just means more mental health issues. But going back to the passage, 
when we have that fear or stress or just overall sense of worry, are we actually looking back to the Lord for comfort? Is the first place we go to the Lord? And if there's any unbelievers listening to this podcast, what are you looking for in in sense of in a sense of comfort? Hmm. And how long will that last you? Because we've all tried our hand in trying to self comfort or find comfort in something, hmm. and each one of us has failed at it. Hmm. <laughs> Had our butts kicked. Mm. I was just laying on the floor. Get that dog. Tail tail between the lakes. <laughs> yeah, just like <clears throat> But if you don't mind me saying, like it reminds me of one sermon I heard. He said, What is your what is your boat when the ship when the sea is rocking, waves are crashing, rain is coming down and the high winds are hitting you? What is it the one thing you run to to have comfort? Because in the Bible, we hear about Peter that comes out of the boat and walks towards Jesus, you know. And I know a lot of people say, you know, he failed because, you know, he fell into the water after he started getting fear. But the biggest thing that I learned from that sermon was that Peter was the most faithful one out of all the disciples in that boat because he was the one willing to get outside that boat. He was the one willing to get outside that comfort zone, even though he knew all the treacherous water the rain and the wind he was willing to get out of the boat and walk to jesus and i like the fact what you just said it makes me think of that like what is it we need to do in order to get out of that to go to jesus rather than us staying where we're at yeah it was a <clears throat> just share a little story with you guys in uh, 2019 spring 2019 mm. i uh I actually remember waking up one morning. It was really weird. It was a J-term classes, and my J-term started that day. But I woke up uh, Monday morning. Uh, my roommate, he woke me up. And as soon as I like was awake, my heart was just didn't feel right. Like, I was kind of scared. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, and I remember my roommate was asking me, like, you okay? I was like, I don't know, man. And it just felt weird, like I was, it was beating weird, I was getting scared, I was like, what the heck? And I began to like freak out, like is my heart gonna stop? Like is it gonna, is it, am I gonna die? You know? Oh man. And I, if, if I think I finally prayed, it, went, it finally stopped. But then the very next day again, it hit me again. I was like, what the heck, man, this is scaring me. And then this time it didn't stop at all. Oh, man. And <clears throat> I got scared and I called um, and the staff member that was here. And he brought me to the ER and never felt that before. Of many, I had like six or seven doctors in the room with me and they're putting all that stuff on me and like, I think they were thinking that it was going to be like a heart attack or mm. heart failure. That's why I think that, that's what made me scared because there were so many of them in here. I was yeah. like, oh my God, so many of you guys in here. And I was, 
putting all these stuff on me. Yeah, yeah, oh, and I was like, it was making me even more scared. And oh man, uh, I was like, yeah. And they did the EKG. Mm. They were checking my heart rate. They drew a bunch of they drew a bunch of blood on me. It was weird. Oh it's, man, it's, it's not good. It's yeah. like you're taking my blood. <laughs> and I was just seeing the whole big old thing they take out. It's like, mm. a lot of blood. But then I remember too. This was probably this was actually my first time going through an MRI. Mm. I'd never done that before, mm. especially with my heart. Yeah, I think it was even more scary because it put me in a whole machine and I had to hold my breath. Mm. And I couldn't hold my breath for more than like five seconds. Oh man! Because there was somewhere wrong with my breathing too. Like I just, and I remember the, I had like a headset on with me, and that's how they communicate with me. Mm. And I told them I, was like, I can't hold my breath that long. Mm. And I remember I don't know what it was. As soon as they uh, pulled me out, it was weird. I just started bawling, crying. Mm. Like I don't know. I never. I don't know why. I just started bawling, crying, and I felt bad for the doctors because I mean, one of them put his like hand on my shoulder, but then it was it was just like I don't know why I was crying, mm-hmm. and they brought me back to my room, and Ortiz was there, and then Logan came by. They all came by to see how I was doing, and I just couldn't talk to them because I was just in shock. I was like, I'm still here. And I called the nurse in to check my heart. And it's there, like, it's beating fine. Hmm. And even when I was doing the MRI, the guy said, too, that like, your heart's doing okay. Hmm. I was like, it's not, I was like, I don't, don't feel right, man. <laughs> I was like, it's just, it's just, yeah, I know, like, I know, it's like, it just doesn't feel right. And, yeah, they did all the tests. They did everything. Nothing serious came up. Mm. So the morning, one morning, the cardiologist came in, and then he asked me, he's like, how are you doing emotionally right now? Mm. And then I, started, I began to start thinking, like, uh, not so good. <laughs> it's like there's a lot going on, a lot of stress, and because the year prior, 2018, you know, I lost two family, two family members that were really close. I was in a relationship that was kind of shaky, and that was my first time ever being in leadership here at IBC. So there was just a lot, and the guy, the cardiologist, was like. You should really try to find a counselor or a mentor that you have to talk to. Mm. And that's where I finally realized that I was really holding in a lot of stuff. And I began to think about it now. I was like, I really wonder if that was like a like a spiritual attack or anxiety or I don't know what it was like my heart just didn't feel right but they're like it's fine <laughs> it's, like, it's like it doesn't feel right man it's like <laughs> right. they don't believe me <laughs> oh, but to to tie that in with there's a movie called Indian Horse I I suggest it but also warning of how vivid it is mm. it's uh, related with residential schools and at the end of the movie, 
the guy, he was in a counseling group with survivors of residential schools, and he was in the talking circle with them. And these ladies, these people were, you know, pouring out their heart and like talking about their experience with what happened in these residential schools, the trauma, the abuse, and the hurt, mm. and the stuff that they went through was really hard for them to do. But Saul, Indian Horse, the main character, he never shared anything because mm. he was always. And yeah, and then like, uh, the counselor asked him, like, Saul, you have anything? And Saul shook his head, like, no. And then the counselor then began to ask him, like, have you ever wept before? Mm-hmm. And what, what stuck out to me the most is what he said. He's like, you either should do it here with us or find a time for yourself. Eventually, you will need to get it out of you because your silence is killing you. Mm. And I was like, it hit me deep in the heart. Mm. And I think that's what a lot of Native American, Native Americans and Native America in general, they fight that silence Mm. and they lose because one, they don't have anybody to talk to. Two, they don't know how to talk to anybody. Mm. Three is they're not aware of their emotions and they don't know what these are, which ultimately goes to alcohol, drugs, relationships, uh, other ways to, like all the disorders that you named Mm. off. And that's where you got to fight against that silence. Going back to what Jesus did is that he went out to God first, and then you went to the others to not take that battle alone. Mm. And when he's like giving it and talking it out with the Lord, because silence is something that the enemy always gets our people. It's, yeah, gets me emotional to think about it. Mm. I guess my one question, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I guess my one question now is like, if the disciples knew that Jesus was going to die after those prayers, like, would they would they have been awake and would they have been praying with God? Would they probably have been begging God not to die? Maybe that's why Jesus didn't tell them. Well, the disciples knew like long before that Jesus would die. But like, but like in that moment, if they knew that was going to be their last time to pray with God, I mean, with Jesus. There's, there's a lot of what ifs. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you didn't get coffee today? Mm. What if we didn't record today? What if I wrote my Devo that's not anxiety and depression? And we didn't have that com- the conversation earlier today and we talked in the car. Wow. Like, these are not things we can control. We can't. He, They can possibly, could have possibly stayed awake. We don't know that. But again, Jesus himself was tired. Mm. But Jesus being perfect was able to overcome it. Mm, gotcha. And this just goes to show that although the disciples were with Jesus, 
they weren't perfect. Hmm. They're just like us. Because if you were in this situation, would you have stayed awake? Being on the road for months, hmm. walking most of the time. Hmm. Just people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just people. People. But I, yeah, I think of like, in a way, the disciples did know that, you know, Jesus was going to die. But at the same time, they're like, you know, what is he talking about? Because mm. yeah. there's a lot of moments where Jesus was hinting at it. And it kind of just went over their heads. Mm. Um, obviously, Jesus already knew about Peter's denial, mm. Philip's doubt. Yeah. Um, Judas. Judas's betrayal. Mm. He already knew that. These disciples are thinking something different because obviously they wouldn't know. And I think in my own, like if I was in that, put myself in their sandals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in their moccasins. <laughs> Jesus shoes. Their, their sandals, no. But uh, I would be like lying if i said like oh yeah i'll be there you know i'll be awake mm -hmm. oh, but man. like if you're that tired and exhausted because they're always doing something like constantly mm -hmm. with people emotional weight you know like when you see even miracles happen in your life mm -hmm. or you see miracles happen on the outside and stuff like that is good and man it's praise god but then there's just a lot of like good spiritual exhaustion from it which isn't you know which isn't bad yeah so like yeah i personally just think like, yeah i probably would be the one dozing off like you know i was like oh yeah well, huh. well, <laughs> yeah. yeah we didn't read it but in verse 45 it says then he came to the disciples and said to them sleep and take your rest later on see the hours at hand and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners hmm so it's like, even at that time, Jesus came back and woke him up and be like, hey, what are you doing? Mm. I'm sure they stayed awake for a little while and then fell back asleep. Because mm. at least that's what I do. Mm. <laughs> like when I wake up, I'm like, huh, huh. do something real quick. <laughs> and then go back to sleep, right? Yeah. But here, it's like they were woken up two times that we know of. And who knows when they started, when Jesus started praying. Could have been like middle of the night or evening mm. time. But... In that verse, it it's like, okay, uh, Jesus is like, hey, enough. We're going to go again. Mm. So it's like they got like, what, hour of sleep probably total? Probably. That night. And then they went on to do to the next thing. Mm. So it's like, understandably, they're exhausted. So I don't blame them. I, I definitely would have been the one sleeping, not going to lie. Mm. Not even gonna pretend. <laughs> I, I would have been the one sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I I would agree with you on that for myself. Mm. So, yeah, unless you guys have anything outside, we can close it off. Um, or questions. I I hope this stays within what we're talking about. But uh, it reminds me in um, Elements of Bible Study when Josh Manning was up there, mm -hmm. um, teaching us, and he brought he brought up the verse saying. Um, Proverbs 25, verse 20 says, Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. And 
the, the reason why that verse stuck out is because he said, you know, don't be just going around. That verse is basically saying, don't be going around like, oh, don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. You know, just like trying to cheer up somebody with just saying things like that. Like what you said, you know, like sometimes we feel that way when someone comes to us like, oh, just pray. It'll be fine. And I fall into that area with you, too, because um my dad was in that same area where i would tell him things and he was just like oh just pray about it and i'm just like i want answers i want something to do i don't want to just pray you know and the reason why that verse stuck out is because i feel like i fall into that line sometimes where if it was convicting because i in my past i have seen myself in areas where someone was down or someone was struggling and i was just like you know, kind of in that happy mood, like, eh, what, blah, blah, blah. like, I don't know. I don't know the words exactly, mm-hmm. but it convicted me because um, basically it's not me living in the moment, you know, it's kind of like you just want to just get over it and just continue on. But in this life, we, there's things that takes patience and anxiety is one of them, you know, mm-hmm. helping out someone with anxiety is going to take a lot of patience too. You can't just expect them to get over it with one day or the next minute <laughs> yeah I think one of my one of the hold on let me bring up the verse because I want to quote this verse oops Okay, so one thing that is important to know in this in this little passage is that Jesus not only prayed like to get the to hold on words. Mm-hmm. So when we have anxiety, one of one of the things we like Emmanuel said is we want answers. And we, we're human, we're impatient, we're like, we want answers now. I am definitely one to fall of that. I, I'm a definitely, like, now or never type of person. Mm. <laughs> so, when, when we pray during anxiety, like, I don't want to just say, oh, just pray about it. Like, I don't want to leave anyone on that note, because that's, that, I don't like what the pr- churches have done in the past with that, and it hurts me whenever I hear someone say that but I would say encourage I want to encourage our listeners and you you guys to pray for courage Mm -hmm. and strength to continue on throughout the day in Psalm 27 verse 14 it says wait on the Lord be good of courage, and he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We know that Psalm is saying, like, um, the Lord is my light and my salvation, and whom shall I fear? That's kind of typically what everyone quotes from that Psalm, but my favorite is that last verse, because that's, that's a unique verse. It says to wait but also be courageous and have strength because waiting is awful. Mm. It's not fun. <laughs> it 
may feel like you're being you're being left alone. David even says earlier on in the verse or in the chapter like you have forsaken thine servant mm. and he felt that too. But he wrote that psalm as a way to encourage all of us or even himself to have courage waiting and praying on that is important. Yeah. Like pray to have courage to wait for what the Lord has to offer through that suffering. Mm. And yeah, because following the Lord takes a lot of courage. Mm. Took all of us a lot of courage to come to do what he called us to do. And yeah. Also, Mm. understand that anxiety is not unique to anyone. All of us face fear and stress one moment or another in our life but we don't some may not actually be oh dang it the camera (laughs) dang it sorry guys it's gone okay yeah some might not some people may not actually be diagnosed with anxiety but it's not unique to humanity a lot of people have suffered with this or do suffer with it, we just don't know. We are not alone in our battles because God has already won the war. And I'll leave off with this. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us glory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Yeah. Pray for the people. It's prayer real quick. Uh, God, I just come before you. Just thank you for this time to talk about a heavy topic, Lord, that is uh, anxiety. God, uh, your word says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but but of power, love, and self-discipline. Your perfect love will cast out the fear, Lord, and I thank you for that. God, I pray for uh, just to help us always put our thoughts captive and cast it onto your feet. God, I pray for uh, just the people on the other side or whoever's listening right now, Lord. May you give them their pe- your peace, your comfort, and your love. And I just pray, Lord, that you uh, would be your presence will be felt like never before. So God, I just uh, thank you for this time just to come together. It was really encouraging for me. And I also pray for the listener that they would be encouraged as well. So I pray your hedge of protection over us and over the listener. I love you, God, and I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I go next. Bye-bye. Some memes.